Welcome to the Psychosphere. I'm David Sutcliffe, and my guest today is my good friend David Chitara. David is an evolutionary astrologer, intuitive. He doesn't call himself that. I call him that. And he's an all-around wise man. You can check him out at evolutionarywaves.com. I call David whenever I am ready to get out of the narrative, out of the story, out of the news, and into the higher perspective and meaning of whatever is happening in the world. And there's certainly a lot going on right now, which is why I thought it was the perfect time to bring him on the psychosphere so we can try and figure out what the hell is going on. So please enjoy my conversation with David Chitara. How hot is it in Dallas? It's like 88 probably today, 90. And what's the what's the vibe going? I mean, you guys had some action in Dallas, I saw. <laughs> I mean, we're recording this June, June 1st, just after a weekend of protests, riots. How what's going on in Dallas? Um, well, I mean, we had a curfew of like seven last night and I think tonight as well for the next few nights. Um, I haven't been, um, to the riots or to the, to the protests. I haven't been, um, where they're at, but I've, you know, seen lots of people on the streets and stuff. But, um, um, I think there was the other night, someone, someone here, um, for the story that I've heard is that, uh, he was protecting a shop with a sword or something. Oh, I yeah, saw that. And, uh, and he got really like, he got beat up really bad, got stoned. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he almost died. I think, you know, it was pretty severe injuries, but, um, but I, I think he made, he made it okay. But, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. There's definitely uh, tension. You can feel the tension in the air mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah. And I feel, I feel a little scared. Just, just saying. Yeah, I feel yeah, scared too. I feel scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I woke up on uh, Saturday morning and flipped on the computer and started to really see what was going on all over the place. And I, yeah, I got scared. My body started shaking and it took me about half the day to get my bearings. And I, I read a bunch of stuff and watched some people and got grounded and okay, this is what's happening. It's going to be okay. But I mean, it's it's out of control. I mean, maybe all this needs mm-hmm. to happen and, and we can get into that. Um, maybe this, this expression of rage and frustration, uh, needs, needs, it must need to happen because it's happening. And, you know, at what point do you build a container around it and stop it and try to control it and shape it? I mean, I, I, I don't know, but it feels like it's been building for a long time, it, it, exacerbated by obviously the lockdown, yeah, and just an explosion it's a of perfect powder keg energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all being politicized, and nobody's clean here. <laughs> like, no media, no politicians. Everybody's playing an angle, and it's very—I don't know—it's disconcerting. It's which is, but I think it's accurate. It's about the state of where we're at uh-huh. right now. And maybe that's what people are ultimately protesting. Who knows? Ultimately protesting where we're at or like the, the lockdown. Well, and- just protest the, everything, everything that's going on, our politics, the insanity. Uh, I, I mean, I think obviously racism is a problem in America as is police brutality and deserves to be addressed and protested, all mm-hmm. of that. 
And, but it's also, it seems to me that it's the economic inequality. It's this idea that the elites, whatever you want to call them, the ruling class of society, the game is rigged. I mean, we saw that in 2008. They bailed out the banks and they didn't bail out the people. And that was Obama. And we all thought he was a good guy. And, and, And he is a good guy. But at the end of the day, he played ball with the banks and the establishment. And at that point in time, I kind of went a little cynical. I'm like, okay, this is what it is. This game is rigged. And I, I, I don't know if that's conscious, but I think people can feel this isn't fair anymore. Neither political party really gives a shit about mm. the people. Everybody's just protecting their own. The media is just protecting their own. And it feels like Silicon Valley is doing the same. And there's a lot of lip service paid. You know, hey, we care. and But it's like at the end of the day, do they? That's not how it feels to me. And so I understand the rise of socialism and nationalism because it's a, it's a reaction to people feeling like things aren't fair. The system's rigged and they're not wrong. And so I, I just, I don't know, there's something in it that feels to me like in the riots, it, it's, it's about a lot of different things. I agree. I agree. I agree that... We're at a point where we there's like structures got to change, right? Yeah, you know, and um, that's all. I mean, if we looked at the astrology of what's going on, right? Um, I mean, we've had such a pile up in Capricorn over the last months, right? Pluto's been going through Capricorn, you know, and, and I'll I'll unpack that because maybe, maybe people don't know what that means, but um, or maybe you don't know what that means, but yeah, uh, I don't know what that I don't know what that means, but I'm uh, very very curious about it. Yeah, so you know, Capricorn is is like how we, uh, as a society, come together. Like it's it's the structures, it's the it's the government, you know, uh-huh. it's it's the uh, it's the interface for mm-hmm. for community and the collective, right? That's Capricorn essentially, and Pluto has been tra- transiting through Capricorn since 2008. That's when it actually went into Capricorn. Um, and so we've been in this kind of interesting uh, long transit, right? Because Pluto moves slow. Um, you know, we won't be done with this until like in the uh, 25, I think. And mm. so we've had a lot of energy here. And then all these other planets have come into this into Capricorn recently. And so just a lot of kind of firing off of kind of instigating the the... the the smoldering of the energy that's been going on for years yeah. in a way. Um, and if I kind of want to take a, a, a moment and kind of go back a little bit, please, because I think it's a really important like, what's the backdrop of everything that's going on here. And we're mm-hmm. in astrology. We talk about these, the astrological ages, you know, so you probably heard of the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we're at this, this moment where we're transitioning between the ages. And so I'll say that, um, astrologers argue about when the age of Aquarius started or when it's going to start. Right. Um, but I think, you know, when, when, uh, one, one of my teachers said that like at Kitty Hawk, um, when the Wright brothers took off, you know, and we actually left the earth. That's actually when Aquarius kind of started. Right. That was like the, uh-huh. you know, and then of course the information age, which Aquarius is all, all about information and, you know, the internet and technology has like skyrocketed 
in the last hundred years, right? Yeah. So if we think about it from an archetypal perspective, what's the difference between our, you know, Aquarius and Pisces? What, you know, collectively, individually, what is the difference? Um, and Pisces is about like the ocean merging with the one, you know, kind of everyone, everyone getting along, unity. Um, big empires. There were a lot of empires that kind of came and went during the age of Pisces, you know, because there was a there was a strong need to control and and get everyone buying into a certain belief system. You know, Christianity, yeah. you could argue, was hijacked by Constantine and used as a way to control and manipulate. Um, so Pisces has used this kind of, well, just, just what can you do for the whole, right? What, you know, what's your place in the whole, you know, surrender your identity kind of thing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm using broad strokes mm-hmm. here, but, um, but, you know, an Aquarius is very different. Um, you know, it's, if you look, if you know the symbol of Aquarius, it's actually a, a, a man or a woman, depending on what you want to draw it as you know, with a, with a, with a vase or a vessel of water pouring out water. So, so I see it as, Mm. you know, when we're coming out of Pisces, it's like taking the water of the whole and individuating it, you know, taking the spirit, which we could link to, to fire, but also water, the emotion, also the emotional realm, you know, kind of doing your emotional work, individuating through your, your, your waters. Yeah. And then pouring that back out in some creative way, some mm-hmm. way of service that's uniquely yours and benefits you, but also benefits the whole. Um, so Aquarius is is like this invitation to um, take your own responsibility, take responsibility for your own life, right? To figure out what you want, to to, to leave the pack, to leave the herd, and then. And, you know, kind of go on this quest to figure out who you are and then maybe join back into the herd, you know, um, because there is a there's a community aspect to Aquarius that's very strong, but it's not the kind of community that Pisces requires, which is the sacrifice of the individual. It's the collective, you know, Pisces is very much about the martyr and sacrifice and, you know, mea culpa, mea culpa. Um, (laughs) So I there's there's a very different way of, of being in community in Aquarius, and it's all about like the, the prerequisite for for high Aquarian community is like, do you know who you are? Do you know what you want? You know, and do you know how you're different from this group? And is, right. is your difference welcome, or you have to check it at the door? So this is all Aquarius has has really brought this transition is bringing us into a place of requiring us essentially to hold greater and greater and greater amounts of tension. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we can c- kind of collapse into, mm. into everything else in Pisces. We can't do that. Here. Yes. We have to, we have to be able to hold more and more and more tension and that's not easy. And we don't, you know, and I don't know about you, no. but I, it's scary, you know, because to contribute your voice to this, this big yeah. energy right um that you perceive as big like i i'm scared talking to you because i don't know where this is going to go you know and i have my own woundings around my voice and and um (laughs) yeah yeah, it's it's scary to to be different you know but can we can we 
hold more and more space and tension for difference. That's really the invitation of Aquarius. And so now Pluto in yeah. Capricorn, so that's the backdrop. Pluto in Capricorn is really like, okay, where has government facilitated the acquiescence of personal responsibility? Where has our society, you know, so this is the bigger Aquarian question coming into what our current circumstance. Where have we given up personal responsibility, you know, and where have we given up that, yeah. where, where yeah. are we needing to feel, right? Where are we needing to transmute those waters that we've been carrying? And um, Capricorn has a lot to do with grief, to be honest. And I feel like we're in a collective invitation to grief. And I feel like this, this um, racial chaos and arising, yep. right, is, 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 it's an expression of grief. And yeah, maybe it's gone too far, but I agree with you. Like there's, yeah. Um, well, I, I, I would say it has gone too far in certain aspects. Sure. But, of course. but uh, yeah, I think we're needing, there's, there's, I, I feel some like caution to like batten down, you know, to, to suppress it too much or to like too quickly. I don't know. There's, it's, it's just a tenuous place and I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, no, I, I I, I feel that too because I, I see online today everybody's saying you know where's Trump he's got to shut this down he's got to do something and I feel like I, I think you got to let it play out a little bit I mean you definitely want a container around it and I think you want to stop some of the damage but I think the energy just has to naturally move on its own and you have to give it space I think at a certain point you need to come in but if you stop it too early. Or you come down with the mechanisms of control. You know, if you start really sending in the National Guard, I mean, Trump's already got a, a reputation among a lot of people as a totalitarian. So you start shutting that down and that becomes right. the narrative. Then it just, I think it just creates more chaos. So I think it has to be treated very, very mm -hmm. carefully. And uh, and hopefully not in a way that's oh I mean it's it's going to be politicized. There's no two. I mean he's already politicizing it on Twitter. The other side's already politicizing it. But it's you know I want to go back to yeah I'm sorry a lot I threw a lot of said. <laughs> no, it's great. It's amazing. And I want to I want to get into uh, a little bit about astrology, the nature of astrology, and maybe you could just give us a uh, a, a brief tutorial for those who are not familiar with it or or who, maybe who don't believe in it. Uh, but first, I want to talk about this idea of control because it feels to me this is what's going on, that the old system, which which is just naturally becoming obsolete, as all systems eventually do, mm -hmm. it's holding on, you know, and it's it, it wants to save itself. And it's almost like the way that happens internally for us. Like we have structures and systems that were in place from our childhood, the way we survived our childhood. And when we start to realize those are no longer working for us and we want to expand and evolve the old identity, the old ego, it starts to really come online and, uh, and really try to pull us down because that's what feels safe. That's what it knows. And there's always that struggle on an individual level. We see that idea played out in every kind of story, you know, whether it's a Hollywood movie or some uh, Greek 
play or Shakespeare, when people are are expanding and growing, they have to confront themselves and they have to let go of an old mm-hmm. self and let it die. But there's always a fight. And I feel like we're there structurally and that there's this old, old way of being that's holding on. And there's a new way that wants to emerge that I think has a lot of the qualities of what you're talking about, which is like there's more self-responsibility, right? There's a, a sense of individuation, but also how do we stay connected to the whole. And I think there's a lot, some people, there's people that are in this phase of evolution. They're all over the place. Some people have been like you and I, we've been talking about this stuff for a long time and thinking about this stuff and doing our work. So maybe we're at a certain place and there's other people who, you know, they're still sitting around watching CNN all day long thinking, yeah, this is, this is what's true. This is real. And, and then there's, you know, the yogis who've been talking about this for a long, long time. So, I mean, I guess, and I think that's part of the chaos because it seems like we cannot agree on what reality is. And that's a scary thing. <laughs> it's mean, scary for me right. to talk it to is. somebody and they're saying, no, this is what happened. And you're like, no, dude, that's not what happened. This is what happened. And that feeling of disconnection, of being in two separate realms almost of reality it's terrifying because of course the ego wants to that's mm-hmm. that's how wars start you know that's why couples get divorced that's why friends split up and never talk to each other because they can't come to some consensus about what what is shared here and it just feels like we're going through that and it's it's the growing pains and um and there there's no other it has we have to go into chaos there's just no other way to get where we're going without going into some kind of chaos. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Oh, totally. I think any growth requires chaos, you know? Yeah. Then, then, then we have to have some stability to, to kind of, yes, to yeah. kind of <laughs> like ground it and then more chaos, yeah. you know? So where it's, it, there's, there's yeah. a back and forth of stability and chaos in life, you know, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like that's, that's the tension of Aquarius that I, that I was talking about uh, yes, exactly. the tension of the difference, you know, and, and lots and lots and lots of difference. And, um, we, we're not going to agree. We're not ever going to agree again in this, you know, we're not all going to be on the same page. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. You got to give that up. Yeah. You know, we, I think it's about instead of resisting the unknown or resisting the chaos, it's like, can we, can we relax into it? And it's like, okay, this is just yeah. the new norm. And, you know, how much of that can I tolerate, right? You know, yeah. and so, yeah, people have to close their Facebook account for a while or something because they can't yeah. deal with it or, you know, and then they come back to it, whatever. Find your own ways to find stability um, amidst the chaos because you can, you, can, you can titrate it, let's say, for yourself. But... Um, you know, the shadow of Aquarius is, is trauma and, and shattering, Mm. you know? So, I mean, there is a potential in this age that we will like enter into like, like a kind of a post-apocalyptic kind of scenario where we're really, I mean, that's, that's a potential, you know, I think it would be, um, you know, it would be hubris to, to, to not at least see that as the potential. I mean, I, I see that there's a, there is a potential of us breaking up into, into multiple countries. Um, I hope that that doesn't happen because I feel like we haven't enough of a differentiation with the different States 
and you know, the, you know, their own governments and so forth, which we're all getting to see how each state responds so differently in both of these scenarios that are going on with the COVID as well as with the uh, the racial yeah. uh, crisis. Um, so I don't know if I answered the question, but. Um, <laughs> Or we're just no, we're just kind of chatting here. So yeah, we're just kind of chatting. Yeah, it's uh, well. How did you get into astrology, and what what is astrology exactly? <laughs> is there a way to answer that? That's- I can try. Um, so astrology is is really just the you know if 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 you come from a perspective that everything is connected. Mm-hmm. You know, that everything is reflecting. I know many shamanic traditions, like signs occur in our, in our outer reality that kind of reflect something that's going on, you know? And so, uh-huh. you know, the seers, the shamans, the, you know, the people that were aware were paying attention to everything around them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, astrology, you know, is, is looking at the sky, which is a constant mirror. You know, it's, it's constantly available. You know, we can constantly look up in the night sky and see this mirror. And, you know, so astrology kind of came from this observation over eons and eons of time that when, when, when a planet is in this sign, it kind of has this kind of energy, you know. So there was right. a lot of correlation to natural life from the heavens and the earth. So it's, it's like a, it's a mirror. I like to look at, uh, talk about it as a wisdom tool. It's like a wisdom mirror, you know, because, there's a, there's a planet for my heart. There's a planet for my mm-hmm. ego. There's a planet for this and that. And so I can look at, look at that mandala of, yeah. of the stars with the backdrop, you know, the planets with the backdrop of the stars, the constellations, and get some really clear information about what I'm struggling with, what I'm wrestling with. I don't use astrology mm-hmm. as a way of fortune telling. I use it as a, as a wisdom tool. It's like gives you, it's like an archetypal language, you know? So sitting with metaphors, sitting with these archetypes, you know, what are they speaking to me? Um, what are they saying to me? And, and, you know, if you asked me 20 years ago, if I'd gotten in, if I would ever believe in astrology, I would have said, you crazy. <laughs> you know, I grew up believing it was of the devil. That's just how that's just how I was raised. And I had a crazy encounter with astrology. It just really uh blew my mind. And so I was like, I gotta learn this. And we could I could share that story if you want me to, but um yeah, I don't know that I need to. Well, I, I've had my mind blown by astrology. I you know, my twenties I just started to read about it out of curiosity. I had a girlfriend who had a book and she was always you know, talking about love signs and different things. And so I just got into it out of curiosity and I had a reading done, I had a couple readings done and I found both of them to be incredibly accurate. It, it, and, you know, maybe it's my own confirmation bias. That's, I know that's what skeptics would say, <laughs> but it felt like to me that they were, I was being, it was like, I was being seen for the first time. Like they were saying things to me that felt like, oh my God, that's, that's me. I like, holy shit. I, 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 you see it. Why? How the fuck did you know that? And, um, and in some cases were incredibly predictive. One person who, who used astrology, Vedic astrology with past lives. And at the end of the session, he made just some kind of general predictions, like broad, 
but that was that kind of blew my mind. So it it just opened me up to the the possibility that look, there's all kinds of we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and so there's a mystery. And it also seems to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, one of the tenets of astrology is that we're all connected. Everything is energy, and the planets in our solar system they emit a tremendous amount of energy, and as they move through the sky they impact us in different way and all the way all of the energies out there do. And that affects us somehow, some way, mm-hmm. which is that, is that a kind of a, a, a fair way to describe I it? I think so. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, there's something called neutrinos, which are like subatomic particles that are like the smallest, mm-hmm. smallest particle that you could, uh, as far as I know, I'm not a quantum physicist, but, um, right. But those the stars kind of kind of emit these neutrinos throughout the solar you know throughout the right. universe, and that those pass through all the planets, you know, and then they come to us, and it's like there's like trillions of neutrinos in a square inch, you know. So we're we're like moving through the sea of neutrinos, and it's all information, you know, and it's been imprinted by the right. planets, you know. So that's one way of seeing that. Yeah, there is an influence because we're being we're being penetrated, let's say, by that information. Um, But even if even if there was no energetic influence, you know, right? uh, I think the if you just believe that everything is connected and everything is like I I had a really crazy experience in my twenties where I just like I had this kind of awakening where everything was talking, everything was communicating. It was like this was kind of a shamanic prophetic kind of awakening um and that's how i see the planets or astrology it's like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's all speaking you know are we listening do we have the eyes to see it you know um yeah well i had an experience you know you talk about signs and symbols and i just had an experience because this weekend i'm going to go out and do a uh a little mini vision quest, a three day fast. And I, so I walked out into the woods to find a spot today and I wanted to mark it and kind of get it ready. And I, I had a sense of where I wanted to go and I started walking and it, it wasn't, didn't seem like it was working out, but I, I just kind of would get quiet for a second and ask my intuition, like, where do I go? Where do I go? And I just kept going in this one direction. I'm like, okay, just, let me just trust it. Let me keep going. Because I wanted to be very isolated. I wanted to be off in the woods. And then finally, I was almost ready to give up and like turn around and find some other way. And then I saw I saw these three hawks. Mm. And there was one hawk who was just circling. And I looked at the hawk circling and I was like, is that I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that's a sign. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna I started walking towards it. And then as soon as I did, he came and started circling over me. And sure enough. When I walked forward, this clearing opened up and it was just like the perfect spot. And I was like, okay, this is my spot. So, and obviously we've all had crazy Mm -hmm. synchronicities happen to us. And I I just, you know, um, that's why I love the Lakota tradition. I mean, their word for God is literally, uh, well, great spirit, but also like great mystery. Mm. Like they pray to the great, mystery. And I, I just love that idea. It's a mystery. Like we can't quite figure out what it is, but we know there's something beyond us and we humble ourselves to it. And so, you know, um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, and, 
and we are the great mystery in re- in reflection yes. because right you know we can, I can't really understand you I don't know that I can really understand myself fully right <laughs> I mean I can mm-hmm. I, I I can get I don't know I can get so far but it's like you know I love that aspect or just to, just to think about mystery we are we are mystery incarnate you know, yeah. in the flesh like we are mystery in the flesh and and how it all how we all express and what we express and what we create and and who we are it's so unique and different and it needs to be and i think we haven't had enough room on this planet yet to really see how beautiful we can become mm. you know because we it's been a lot of conformity that's been required to to be here and right and i think you know this age is really about difference and really becoming unique you know letting the mystery kind of come through us and letting it be different than everyone else and that's scary that's that's not easy and and you've go you're going through that personally right now i mean we both are mm-hmm. maybe we can transition this conversation because you you came out on facebook in like 2015 you started talking about why you thought trump was the way to go and what it meant and what it represented. And you, you started making these very uh, uh, persuasive arguments that weren't really about politics. They were more from the, you know, astrological, spiritual, energetic point of view. And you faced a lot of backlash from your community and, and you got some support too. So maybe you could just talk a little bit about about that and how how did you like how did you first start to be aware that hey maybe Trump is he's he's what we need right now he's he represents something he's going to be good mm-hmm. for the country mm-hmm. when did you first start to become aware of that and, and why that was I think it was in um it was in the summer of of fifteen I mm-hmm. I had a vision. You know, sometimes these things just come through visions, you know. Is that okay to talk about a vision on your show? <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, the psychic sphere. <laughs> not the want, psychic sphere. I things to get as, <laughs> as, yeah, as weird as possible. Um, so just a little backdrop, like I, I did see Bush winning back in 2000 uh-huh. uh, before it happened. And I also saw Obama winning. So I, I, there's been a little trend here of me predicting these things, not for whatever reason, not, not to pat myself on the back, but just to say that this has happened before. And so, so I was, I had a vision of, of, of Trump winning. And at that time, he, I think he had just announced in June, you know, and this was maybe in July or August, I'd have to go back in my journal to see. But um, so I saw him winning. And, and along with that vision came this vision of America as a woman laying on her back. And it was almost like she was laying on an mm-hmm. operating table. And she was unconscious. She, so she was probably under anesthesia. Um, and he was going around her body and lancing these boils that were on her body. And I'm like, holy, what the freak? You know, and so I realized, like, there's some medicine that Trump's going to bring that we need as a country. And, you know, so I just sat with that. You know, because mm-hmm. it felt too risky for, you know, because as soon as he, as soon as he jumped into the race, I mean, he got such huge backlash, you know, all yeah. of a sudden he was a racist. All of a sudden he was this, you know, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so I kept feeling into it over the months. And every time I, you know, with, with this vision came to knowing that everything that they threw at him would just fall away. Like, you know, they, nothing yeah. was going to stick. I don't know why that was, but that, that came, um, there was, it, and I looked at his chart astrologically and I could see like, Oh wow. Yeah, of course. Like he's, this is, you know, and his, in his chart, he's meant to be this like public fool figure. Like he, he is, he is, he is an agent of chaos and an agent of change. And, um, the truth is kind of, uh, hard to grasp, you know, there, right. Yeah. Um, he's using, he's an agent of chaos of change. And I recognize that that's what we needed based mm-hmm. on what I've already spoken about in a way. Like, um, I also like, if we want to go into the deep end, um, I also have, felt and known for a long time that there is there is um some some dark energies that are that are affecting control in this country and and on the planet really and here i'm talking more about um human trafficking um ritual abuse you know yeah all these things mind control um you know Hopefully, I don't scare everyone away from talking about this. No, um, well, no, David. Well, one, first of all, we just had, you know, a pedophile ring with Jeffrey Epstein got busted. I mean, it's out in the open. I mean, mainstream. And it would people, it would not be if Trump were not in the it, White it, House. I want to say that. I totally agree with that, and uh, and I think I see a lot of people starting to realize that there's really dark forces here, kind of earlier you know what i was saying earlier these these forces of control and uh i feel it i mean i feel it in hollywood you know i felt those fires in malibu last year i was like that's a purge man that's that's like a cleansing because there's a lot of dark energy in hollywood and i know i was swimming in it Mm -hmm. and and i that's one of the reasons i got out because i could feel there was something really gross and sticky and 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 I'm not saying there's lots of amazing people in Hollywood, but there's totally. a deep dark underbelly there, and uh, and it it's it's become pervasive, and I think it's it's everywhere. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I, and like I said, I, I think a lot of people are open to these these concepts, these things that you're saying. Yeah, and I just I just saw in Trump someone who had the the balls maybe, and yeah. and the 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 strength of character uh, to address and expose some of this stuff and i don't you know i don't feel like we've gotten to the level of exposure that we're going to get to yet but a lot has been exposed Mm -hmm. people are waking up you know and and i even see this this racial crisis as part of that that initial vision of of the lancing of the boils it's like there's there's stuff that's been festering you know in our country that has needed to be excised and it needs to come out it needs to to erupt you know so to speak um and yeah well i think you know well i was going to say like it's really interesting to me one of the things that i think is happening you know back in the in the 60s malcolm x was always talking about you got to be where are the white liberals they're foxes they're sneaky 
They don't tell you the truth, at least with the real racists, they're the wolf. Like they, they reveal who they are and there's something going on right now that that's being revealed. Mm. This whole situation with that woman in central park with the dog, you know, I that don't situation. Know that. she encountered a, a black man who was bird watching in central park encountered this woman. She had her dog off leash and he asked her to put the dog on leash and uh, she got flustered and upset and he said, well, if you're not going to do, uh, if you're not going to do what you, you need to do, then I'm going to do what I need to do. And you're probably not going to like it. Now that's a little scary thing to say to a woman, whatever color you are, uh, alone in a park. So he's, you know, he's got some culpability here. Nevertheless, she picked up her phone and called the police and said, there's an African American man. And as soon as she said African American man, you're like, why are you saying that? <laughs> like, it just felt racist. Like you need to say that because you're indicating it's particularly scary. And you know, the cops will come a lot quicker or take it more seriously mm. if it's a black man. And this was a probably uh, a Hillary Clinton voter, liberal who probably, you know, says all the right things. And in a moment of stress and crisis, she reveals herself to be racist. And Van Jones talked about it and said the very same thing. Like, that's the kind of person that we have to be careful of. And Cornell West said something similar. And now you're seeing all of these white Antifa uh, coattailing on this, you know, racially charged event. It seems to me that they're the ones doing a lot of the smashing of windows. And now you're seeing all these videos where black videos where black people are saying, hey, don't do that. We're going to get blamed for that. Stop. And they like they don't give a shit. And it's like, dude, that's racist. <laughs> it's like, don't like just if you want to support an ally, just stand down. You should not be smashing shit. It's like it, and so there's something about this liberal racism. It's an unconscious thing. And it's an overcompensation, as I mean, as Kanye said, eight years of Obama, nothing changed in Chicago. It's all fucking lip service. And I think that uh, what happened is they, that so Trump came along and they're projecting all their disowned racism. And I want to say it's unconscious. We're all racist. Our brains are racist. Our brains are pattern recognition machines. This is true. They evolve to discriminate. So I'm aware of that. And I'm aware of like, you know, the implicit bias that comes up. I'm sure I'm not aware of all of it, but I notice it when it comes up. I'm like, huh, there it is. Like there's my little racist brain and I try to accept it. And then I wonder when I don't see it and, you know, and I, but I don't make myself bad for it. Mm -hmm. I know it's like, you know, because I know in my heart, my heart of hearts, I'm not racist. But if you're unable to accept that part of yourself and you deny it, like, oh, I had that thought and you, you relegate it to your shadow. Well, then you're inevitably going to project it onto someone else. And that's what I think is going on, at least on one level. I mean, I think there's a lot of levels of it, but there's a lot of racism on the left that gets projected onto the right. And I think it's starting to come out now. And I think that's one of the shadow pieces that is being uh, exposed is that, uh, you know, it's, it's the entire political structure. I mean, if you can't see that the right and the left are both beholden to banks and big business, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not one side is good and one side is bad, people. The whole system, the media included, they're all corrupt. If you couldn't see it with Obama, like I said earlier, he played ball. So that, to me, was why I got behind Trump. You know, I had a similar thing to you where 
you know, I, I saw it from, from the work that I do, which is the person in the room who is ig- triggering everybody, I'm less interested in that person than why everybody's so goddamn triggered. <laughs> and the way people lost their minds with Trump, like instantly they're like, oh my God, it's Hitler, white nationalist. And I was like, what? Okay, yeah, he said some off-color things. Is he a racist? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Think he but is, it's like but... To, I don't think he is. But even to give them the benefit of the doubt, like that he's a 73-year-old white man and maybe he's got some racism. Okay, I'll give you that. But like an explicit white nationalist, and then and then without any irony, like saying, Oh, this is a Hitler type character, like he could do Hitler type things. I I I saw it as like a deep psychosis and it felt scary and dangerous to me. It's like what is going on that he's triggering such that such a reaction in you? Like that is worthy of examination. And if he is triggering that kind of reaction, there's something in the shadow that needs to be exposed. I'm for him because I want that shadow <laughs> exposed. That's, it seems like yeah. he's the one that's going to do it. And I'm not afraid of chaos. I know. I mean, we're all afraid of chaos, but I know in my workshops, when we go into chaos, that's that's where all the action is. That's where transformation yeah, the occurs. Big work is so there. I know if it's on the individual, that's what has to happen in the country. And so, you know, listen, you're talking to somebody on Facebook and they're, you know, you know, grabbing by the pussy and uh, babies in cages. That's all they can think about when you come from this perspective. It's very hard for them to hear it. And so how has that been for you? Because you ended up making some videos and coming out and you, you know, you were very eloquent in stating your position on it. Nevertheless, uh, it's, it's controversial. It's a controversial stance. It is. And it has been. And I, it took me months to even post a video about it. Like I told friends what I saw that I, it's like a minefield, right? I, um, you know, I censored myself and I have been censoring myself to a degree, you know, but, um, yeah, it was, it was scary, but it, I'm glad I did it. You know, it was, it was a good moment for me. Um, but it, but it, you know, I think I, I rebounded back into the, the closet a little bit, <laughs> I don't know. you know, just cause it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, I got my, maybe my toes stepped on a little bit or something. Um, it's all understandable. And that's all, my own evolution, my own growth, you right, know, me too. um, I mean, my chart speaks of pretty significant trauma around voice. You know, I've, I've been killed many times in past lives for things that I've spoken. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of my work astrologically is looking into that deeper memory, um, which can be really revealing and powerful. But um, yeah, I I know that I'm supposed to step back on the horse, get back up on the horse this life. And and we need you. and speak some things that people maybe not, don't want to hear, but um, but it's all coming from this place of care and love, and like there's there's bigger things going on, and typically typically where the most growth is is where we're like you were talking about, it's where we're most yeah. scared of or, or what, what we're most resisting, you know, it's the things that we don't like that we don't like about ourselves that we don't like in the world that we don't whatever it is, those are the things that bring the most change if we can cooperate with them. Or if we don't cooperate with them, then, then that's when we get hit by a car or we get, you know, there's, you know, right. there's change is going to happen. It's a matter of like, are you going to listen to 
the whisper or get run over by the truck kind of thing. It's, I mean, I mean, that's a little bit extreme, but I'm just, I think you get where I'm coming from. I, I totally get your point. Well, it's, you know, the whole idea of, you know, uh, Young has got that phrase, you know, what we resist persists. And it's very simplistic, but it's it's true. It's so, true. so as soon as Trump was elected, <laughs> immediately what came up was the resistance. <laughs> right. And I was like, good luck with that. <laughs> like, it's not going to work. It's going to give him energy. The only thing you're resisting is that part of you, your own shadow. And, you know, so I was, I had a similar, it was scary to come out and I finally did. And I took a lot of heat and people stepped on my toes and my journey, because I, and then I got very defended, like, fuck all you, you fucking dummies. You don't get it. Uh, I see it. You know, my arrogance comes up and uh, my journey is learning to, uh, stand in my truth undefended mm-hmm. and tolerate people not seeing and getting it. That's a, that's hard for me. It's very painful because I know my good intentions. I know my heart. I understand. And I also under very understanding and empathetic to people's fear and, and frustration and anger around Trump because there's, there's, there's certainly lots of valid concerns there. He is deeply narcissistic mm-hmm. and, He's, he's a, you know, a blunt force object, like, but revolutionaries are always slightly disturbed people. It just comes with the territory. And he is, in my mind, a revolutionary. You you need that kind of character to do this kind of dirty work. They're not sweet, gentle, uh, humans. They're, they're fierce and they're, uh, they're, they have distortions. And so it, but again, that's hard to explain to somebody who's literally, I think, and I, I say that, you know, traumatized by his election. And so how do you hold on to your self and your truth and your goodness in the face of people who are now pointing the finger at you and demonizing you? I mean, that's that's been happening to me of losing clients. And uh, it's yeah, it hasn't been an easy thing to go through. And I think that's one of the reasons why this conversation was we were both a little bit nervous about it, because whenever tension flares there's that immediate impulse to go this is all because of trump and then you know yeah. <laughs> that's when you want to stand down which you know is maybe the right thing to do but i'm glad that we're having this conversation i mean it feels really good to me and i think coming out in this way in a conversation i think is really good it's one of the reasons i started the podcast mm. because there was something about being able to have a conversation about it and ask questions and and really get to the heart of things is I think it's a better vehicle for, uh, for explaining what it is that's going on than, you know, writing something on Facebook or making a post because you can get to all of the, all the nuance, but some of the nuance. You can feel it more, you know, yeah. and more so than just a, just a monologue, you know, cause you, you get, yes. there's more of the emotional, the connection in a conversation. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me. I mean, I feel like, we're needing more voices, right? We yes. need more, we need to hear more and more perspectives, you know. And I and I, uh, every time I get on social media, I feel like this this mob that wants to silence everyone that doesn't believe, you know. Like that's yes. that's what I that's what how I perceive it, you know. Um, and of course, my wounding is around that too. So, um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to kind of, to, to, uh, to be a little more revealing and, uh, and talk about this stuff. I'm curious if there's more that you wanted to share or say, or. Well, just, I mean, we could, I mean, you and I could talk about stuff forever, but I'm interested in this self-responsibility piece that you mentioned earlier that, uh, that we're, it's being required of us. And I had this conversation with somebody the other day where it feels like, well, what I'm starting to understand is a lot of people don't actually want to be free. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's a terrifying thing to me because that, that feels like truth and freedom are my highest values. I want to be free. I mean, that's what I'm doing in my life every day. I mean, I get to the truth so I can be free. I want to be free. That there's something like deep in that in, in, in me that, that I have an impulse around that. But there's a lot of people out there. They just want to take orders. And it's like, they don't actually want to grow up. They want, they want uh, daddy, you know, the government to take care of them and tell them where to go and what to do. And they get a job and they follow the boss and, and, you know, maybe they're angry at the boss, but freedom like true freedom comes with a tremendous amount of self-responsibility and it's, it's scary, but I think we're also going through a period of time where, I mean, Naval Ravikant talked about this about five years ago, where eventually we're all going to be free agents. Mm-hmm. Like we're all going to, we're all going to have our little website and this is the service we offer. We're all going to essentially work for ourselves. And so in that sense, we're, we're, that's where it's moving forward. <laughs> that's good. I mean, may, that's maybe exciting may or not, not maybe. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, exactly. Well, you have Amazon employing half the country now, but, but there, that's something that's been really scary and disturbing for me to really understand that, um, people don't want to be free. They don't, they, they unconsciously resist self-responsibility. And I understand why, because it comes with tremendous burden. You know, everything, everything comes back to you. And if you don't do your own personal work, you're going to, and that's, that's what you see happening, right? You're going to project your shadow onto other people. And, and that's also what I'm seeing. And I said this back in the day, you know, when, when I first came out about Trump, I was like, look, people, I don't think it's a good idea. You call this guy Hitler, because if you create this idea that he's Hitler and he gets elected. Well, then you can rationalize doing anything to stop him. You've just made him to be Hitler. Right. And then you can, you can, and that's what I see happening. I mean, the, the things that people say or what they're trying to do or the distortions in, in, oh no, let's censor. We should just censor him, kick him off Twitter, you know, uh, kick him out of office. He's unfit. He's crazy. And, and then you see what happened with the whole thing with General Flynn. And, you know, it turns out, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure as far as you're concerned, that whole Russiagate thing was uh, was bullshit. Right. right. You want to talk about darkness? Guy got democratically elected, and then immediately the deep state, whatever you want to call them, maybe it was only a few rogue FBI agents. I don't know. But it was enough of them, of people with a lot of power, that seemed to, whether they outright lied or convinced themselves of some truth, the mind, I mean, the mind is a crazy um, thing. Yeah. Um, that's what happened. And that to me is extremely disturbing. Is this part of the darkness that you see is being revealed? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, I, what I want to say, it's like, there's a level of, um, insanity. (laughs) (laughs) Trump Trump derangement syndrome is a real thing. And, you know, when the rhetoric gets so extreme like that, it's no wonder we're in a 
place where cops right. are getting shot and, and, you know, yeah. looting is happening and, and, you know, because you're justified because, yeah. because of the big bag, big, bad yellow man or whatever. I don't know what orange, orange man. man. There you go. Um, so it's like, there's, where do you go from there? You know, there, yeah. it's like you, you've cut off any reason, any ability to have a conversation, you know, because as soon as you hear Trump supporter, you know, you're automatically turned off, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's insane, you know? So there's, yes, there's that part of what I would say, collective control of information and the mind mm-hmm. you know there has been we, we we've been yeah, we've been submitted we've control. been submitted to pretty extreme propaganda regime i would say for years yeah um you know lots of things happen that we don't get the full facts on you know yeah um or we get uh, no f- real facts on i don't know i mean it's just there's a lot um yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I want. Well, I, I don't know what, what I want to say what, about that. But yeah. well, I think that's what COVID revealed to people. I mean, you had a lot of people who were not normally conspiracy theory types suddenly going, "Wait a minute, we're not being told the whole truth," and we could see it happening in real time. And the World Health Organization was just getting thing one thing wrong after another, and the CDC the same. And then they were correcting themselves. You know, first masks are bad. No, now we all have to wear masks. It's like what. You know, and, and Fauci doing the same. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth. So people started to ask questions. And then all this new information came out from different doctors and that started getting censored. People were like, what do you mean it's getting censored? But like these, this is a That's doctor crazy. on the front lines yeah. sharing his observation. You're censoring it. So a lot of people are like, no, you can't control the information like that. And I think I, a lot of people are waking up to what is actually going on. And, you know, even in my, in the spiritual community that I'm in, in Los Angeles, I mean, there was a guy that came out. There's a lot of those people that are like, eh, vaccines. I'm not sure. I have questions, you know, the big pharma, they're making a lot of money off it. You know, they were already in that camp a little bit, but this one guy came out and said, you know what? I think Trump is, uh, I think he's okay. I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's good for the American people. I mean, his community just went they went haywire, wow. but more and more people, this is, I was totally shocked that this person came out. And then there's a couple of people like that. And I'm getting, dude, I'm getting phone calls. Like I would say a couple, I've got four or five phone calls now from liberal friends saying, um, you, you, you voted for Trump, right? You're kind of, you seem like, I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what's going on? Cause I'm starting to think that maybe he's, he's the good guy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they, and they want, they just start to see the lies because once you see, once the COVID thing happened and then you saw the mainstream media get in line, you know, and of course, you know, who funds the mainstream media? Well, the drug companies, 60% of the advertising on cable news is, is from drug companies. So we're not getting the truth from them. Mm-mm. And then if they're lying about that, well, what else are they lying about? And that's when people go. started to wake up. Wait, am I, do, do I believe everything that they're saying about Trump? And then they start to see the thing with Flynn and they read a little bit into that. And somebody like Glenn Greenwald or Matt Taibbi or somebody that they actually know and trust who has a lot of integrity starts saying, no, this was a complete setup. Then they're like asking questions. And then he does start to seem like the good guy because if the establishment, and this is the point I always make to people. If you have the entire establishment the old guard, all of them, political, 
uh, media, they're all against this guy. Yeah. What does that That's tell you? Flag. He's a threat to their power. Mm-hmm. He's the revolutionary. Exactly. Like they're the ones trying to hold on and control shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and who else do they go after? They go after the, all the internet guys, right? Who are successful. Joe Rogan's, the PewDiePie's. Like they're trying to pick off their competitors because they can feel their power slipping away. So, and I think this whole system's going to change. I mean, I think we're going to decentralization. Do, why do we even need a president? I mean, you know, it's enough with the president thing. I mean, I heard somebody else say, and because maybe, and that's in the in the astrology you were saying. Mm-hmm. You said something that I don't know if it's, but we're going to move to a new way of uh, organizing our society and organizing our politics. Right. I mean, it's I think more local authority. Right. You know, yes. and this this country was set up as a republic. You know, so so most of the power was in each individual state. Right. So there was. Um, and we, we've seen a lot of like through the liberal democratic, I don't know, side of politics, the government has grown, grown, grown bigger and bigger and bigger and kind of become this behemoth um, where, you know, all this stuff gets trickled down from, from the president. And it really should be more of the local communities that are making those kind of decisions. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're in Idlewild, right? Is it okay that I said that? Um, yeah. You know, where, you know, you, your threat, the threat of COVID for you is probably minuscule being yeah. compared to LA, you know, but you're, you're, yeah. you're all under the same, probably lockdown. I don't know. Yeah. We're subject to the from same Newsom, laws from, you know, from mm-hmm. the state level. So, um, yeah, I think more decentralization will happen, you know, like, um, this is why you're seeing the increase of nationalism. Because on a global yeah. level, that's that's the expression of individual individuality coming out in the nation states. So nationalism yeah. is not going away, not in my opinion. From an Aquarian perspective, we're going to see more dividing of of no, we're going to see more borders, it, more dividing. Yeah, you know because healthy borders. What is it? Fences make good neighbors. Right. It's like you need borders. You need boundaries i think you know from the psychological sphere i think there's a lot of people liberals they don't have very good boundaries that's like individuals and so they feel very oh no when i create a boundary it's bad it's wrong i'm not allowed it's like no you it's okay it's actually healthy to set a very firm boundary who you allow into your country and who you don't and you have to have a very regulated system to do that you have to have a fair system yeah yeah um with every voice counting you know it's it's what you're describing was the shadow of neptune and and the piscean age you know it's like Mm. compassion run amok you know not being able to distinguish when when someone needs like more pressing uh, you know you know because you can't just let everyone walk over you right or all over us as a nation or all over whatever you're talking about but um you know, it is the individuality, like to be a member of the global civilization, the global community, we have to have our individuality intact, right? Yes. So America first is is an appropriate Aquarian stance. Well, because it's also, it's America first. It should be Italy, exactly. it should be Italy first. Every, China every should be country China first. should. You should be you first. I should be exactly. me first. That's healthy. Exactly. Yes. So... The I, I see this where we're at here is is kind of the battle of the ages, you know. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, where is it going to go? I don't know. But I hope, I hope there's more of an awakening to allowing the difference, allowing, you know, I, I know, like, I, in the spiritual communities that I've been in, involved with over the last, I don't know, decade or so, like, it's, it's scary for me to come out with some of my views because I automatically know that they're, gonna, they're going to judge me as being less spiritual yeah. because I hold a perspective that they deem as mm-hmm. evil or, you know, even though they don't really maybe understand how I am coming from that perspective, you know. Yeah. There hasn't, I haven't had the ability to have a conversation. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, I guess I just have to shut up here because that's just, you know, I'm not proud of that, but that's, that's how it's been. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. No, for me too. It's, it's very, it's very hard. It goes back to what we were saying, you know, that core wound of like standing in your truth, saying what you see, feeling the goodness of it. Like you're like, it's pro-humanity mm-hmm. and you've come to it honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's a different point of view than they're holding, but it's it's no less good. It's it's just different. It's a different way of approaching approaching things. And I think the the demonization of it is what's so upsetting. And yeah. that's you know that's what I've noticed. Like I was on the left, and for a long time, you know, I was in Hollywood, and I just yeah, I vote Democrat. I didn't even think about it. And once I moved into the center, I could see it's like oh, Republicans generally think liberals are stupid and naive and but liberals think republicans are evil and i and it's that's a i gotta get over that because it's not a it's not a good way to there's be. nowhere to go from the there the other side is evil there's nowhere to go if they're evil there's nowhere to go then you could just annihilate them all the time and we have to win if we're not winning like mm-hmm. the, it's very yeah that needs to evolve but again i do i do see it evolving I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I, uh, and it's in some way it's inevitable. Although you're saying we could go into some post-apocalyptic apocalyptic world. <laughs> that's a pot- I'm all that's for a potential. That. It sounds like a lot of fun. It's a potential. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. No, good God. Um, no? not to me. <laughs> I don't want to uh, go there. Well, you come stay with okay. me. No, yeah, I'm, I'll I'm, come to guns. I'm ready to go. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, to be honest, I have a lot of hope for the future. You know, you do. I do. I feel a lot of hope for the future. I think we're going through a very difficult place here, but I do like my, my sense is that the, the levers of control have been taken away from the people that have been behind the scenes in a way. Like we've been in a, we've been in a, in a, I think a civil war at the behind the scenes level on, on the governmental level since Trump, since before Trump got into office. But, um, so I think there's a, lot, a level of desperation that is being expressed here yes. of a dying system. And I'm, I'm not saying that the road ahead, you know, is easy, but I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of hope. And, uh, and I do feel Trump's going to get reelected. You do? Um, mm-hmm. Me too. Um, you know, I say that because I feel that that's true and I sure hope it's true. <laughs> I do. I do. Well, I don't think that the the work is done. And I think, uh, look, this whole thing has become a reality show. Like, let's just look at it like a reality show. Like it always was. Yeah, yeah like it always was. Do you really think people are going to vote off 
the best character. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> there's no, there's no way he's getting voted off the island. He's the whole <laughs> show. There's no show without him. Well, he is. It's like he's the Joker, you yeah. know, like you know, in the court kind of thing. He's he's entertainment. Not, I mean, he's a lot more than that. I have a lot of respect for him, and I think he's smarter than people think he is. I think he's I think very he's, smart. Yeah. And I think what he holds, I mean, this is the thing that I don't think people fully appreciate. He's holding, I mean, all presidents, but he's holding so much mass projection, so much what we call in the, you know, in the therapeutic world, negative transference. Yeah. And I'm not saying he holds it perfectly. I think he gets defensive and angry and like, fuck you. But he, he keeps showing up with a lot of energy and it seems like there's initiatives coming out every day. I mean, it seems like that administration, they're working their asses off, like shit's getting done. And so like to hold all of that and all of the chaos and all of the madness and all the stuff that's been coming at him, you know, from the media and then from the, 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 the Russia gate thing and the impeachment and all of that. And, and every day he shows up and he's alert, and present and energetic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a miracle Mm -hmm. i mean maybe you think he's fumbles his words sometimes whatever i I mean but his energy is and his press like at those press conferences that's the thing that blew me away when he during the COVID thing when he's doing those two-hour press conferences every day and people were saying he's stupid i'm like do you know how hard it is to do that? Right. Every day for two hours to hold a press conference. Mm-hmm. And you're and he was mostly very sharp, answering reporters' questions, you know, navigating, facilitating the whole thing with the doctors. I was like, this dude is bad ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's a, he's he was born for this. He was born you know, for his this. Chart, yeah, it's his destiny. To me, to me, his chart really speaks of that in in evolutionary astrology. We, kind of look at like what's the soul here to do like what's what's yes. what's the soul wanting in this life and his his north node which is kind of where we look in astrology is right up there in the 10th house of wanting to make this collective impact and it's conjunct uranus which is the ruler of aquarius so it's this rebel it's this um uh avant-garde kind of disturber you know shit mm-hmm. shit shit disturber Mm -hmm. um energy um and you know so i i I just feel him doing what he's here to do like it may not be what other people would prefer that he do like i I can't control that but i see i'm able to see that this is what he's here to do uh his whole life has prepared him for this point and um he's not i don't think he's done yet um no uh we need more of we need more of the chaos and the upsetting ups, upsetting energy to shake us out of this place that we're in um so and what i hope happens is that he wins in some kind of landslide so that it's not debatable like that the left has to reconcile to him and accept this is the president like this is who the people have chosen because they have we have to we have like it's it, it's going to move the process along maybe that's a, a a fantasy i hope not but it's like there needs to be some kind of like reckoning to what has happened and an acceptance just for their own mental 
state. And and like I said, I think there's more people. I think I, you know, I think a lot of black people are going to vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think that's going to shock the Democrats when they when they see that. I mean, I heard Scott Adams talking about on his uh, his uh, his little show that he does every day that he says that he thinks there's uh, Black Lives Matter and Trump could form an alignment. Oh. And it make it actually makes more sense, and especially in the wake of what all of these white people are doing uh, in the name of Black Lives Matter. That uh, and that people are starting to really say, "Hey, white liberals, they're not doing shit for the black community." And you know, Trump's whole pitch is like, "Give me a try," mm-hmm. and I'll, and the Republicans are like, "We know we're good with business. We don't care what color you are. You want to make money." You want to, you know, all you got to do is kind of play by the rules, right? We're kind of law and order. So stop the rioting. Otherwise, come on in. We'll help you create businesses, whatever. That was yeah, his it's, pitch. It's self-ownership. It's self-ownership, which is, which is actually the path to, look, I don't want to speak for black people, but that in my mind is, that's what Kanye was saying. That's the path to your freedom. Totally. I mean, if you it haven't is. fucking figured it out, white people are not going to help you. They yeah. have, maybe they have good intentions. Maybe some of them are well-meaning, but they're using you for political purpose. I mean, I follow the ADOS movement, you know, black Twitter, and they are very unhappy right now. It's also like, we're going to mm. give free healthcare to illegal immigrants, which are primarily Latino, you know, and the black people are like, what the fuck are you doing? What, what the fuck about us? Do you see what's going on in our fucking neighborhoods? You're talking about giving them free healthcare? Where's our free fucking healthcare? So I think there could be, if Trump is savvy, there could be an alignment there and it makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. you know, and that would, that would shake things up. That would be really, really interesting. I think what's going to happen too is this is my prediction is we're going to get four more years of Trump and then the democratic party, they have to be decimated by that. And so there has to be new leadership emerge because the the way that it's going, I mean, Joe Biden, they picked, I mean, this is crazy. And, uh, oh and then I think we get Tulsi Gabbard. That'd be cool. I think that'd be you get a woman, a woman of color, you know, who's very strong, anti-war, you know, she was over at war and she's kind of like big hipped kind of mama round ass, you know, brown skin, tough, like, like mama, you get mama after never eight her. years of Trump. I've never met her either, but I see her and she's, she's, there's very, there's very maternal, but mm. she's strong. And I just feel like we're going to need that energy and she's a progressive. So the progressives get what they want, which is somebody who's for universal health care and, you know, other progressive, uh, you know, other, other, other progressive ideas. She's, she's generally pro that she's just anti-war, which is why the press and her party hates her, but uh, that's where I, I see it going. And if you think about that, mm. in in uh, four or five years, we're going to have a very smart surfing woman of color. Her husband plays the ukulele and she sings <laughs> along. Oh. I mean, you know what I mean? It's kumbaya. Like, yeah, man, let's do it. Like, I, I just even the prospect of it, even thinking that that's a possibility to have that kind of character. Mm-hmm. As the president, as the leader, it just gives me hope. Even if it's not her, I do hope it's her or somebody like her. I think that's a possibility. I think a lot of the Trump voters like me, 
who voted for Obama and they moved to Trump will move back to the Democratic Party and vote for her. There's a, all the th- Republicans that I know, they all love her. There's a lot up in the air for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I like but the we'll idea. See. And I like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely on board with the, the fact that uh, it, it seemed like the Democratic Party was so against her. Right. She, yeah. Well, that's a tell. Is, that's exactly. She must be the right person for the job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's amazing to me that they went with uh, with Biden. Pork. I feel sad for for him. He he should not be in this game. He should be, you know, at his country house drinking mm-hmm. martinis, having a good time, playing with his grandkids. Not in this game. And because Trump is gonna, Trump is a cruel man. He's gonna annihilate him. <laughs> He's not going to lay off. He's no. going to, like, I don't, it's like, are you, he's going to crush him. It's not going to be nice. Like, why would you do that to this man at this point? But yeah, that's a good question. Uh, why I would guess, you, why would you volunteer for that? I don't know. Narcissism and stupidity, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I want to say, I want to say this, David, that. Please. We've been in an information fucked up place you know it's been crazy like what what is the truth right and i you know i want to say that we can't we can't trust this or what comes to this for the truth we got to come from here we got to feel it like and the more that we are emotionally congruent the more that we're congruent with who we are the more that we're going to be able to perceive what the truth is even if what my perception of the truth is different from what your perception of the truth is, because, you know, we're on different journeys. We need different truths to, to spur us on. Right. And, um, that's where we're going to find our meaning. Our value is from here, not from where's the facts. Like the facts are important, right? Uh, I'm not saying that they're not, and there's definitely been a lot of lying and and, and deceit and manipulation mm-hmm. of us as a population. But yeah, um, we we can't, you know, because there's so much out there that we don't, we just can't. Like, uh, what do we grasp? I think more and more in the future, it's going to have to come from our body and our knowing, you know, on a heart level, on a gut level. You know, does that? I'm curious what you think about that. No, I think I think that's absolutely true. I think people are also starting to understand that science is flawed mm-hmm. and that scientism has become another religion. And uh, science is great and it's a tool and it's definitely a way to understand reality, but science is biased. They can't help it. And if you read Thinking Fast and Slow and listen to Daniel Kahneman, he'll tell you it's impossible for scientists to be objective. They can't overcome their own bias. They build, they build their biases built into how the experiment is set up and how they interpret the data. So this whole idea that science is, is completely objective is nonsense. It's not, it's unable to be. And as soon as you examine something, you change it. We also know this. Yes. So I think a lot more people are waking up to that idea and that, uh, and the fact that we can't agree on the truth. Um, you know, is another thing. And so, yes, and there's all this information out there. And when I hear people say the future is female, I think, well, maybe the future is feminine. And that would relate to what you just said, you know, logic and reason, the head, 
kind of more of the masculine traits, mm. but feeling, heart, and intuition are more the feminine traits. And I'm not talking about men and women. I mean, that exists in, in all of us, in, in both, in all of us. And so I, I feel like that's where things are headed. I see more and more people, you know, talking about what you just talked about and, uh, and the being able to live in uncertainty and in the unknown. But that to me has been my journey the last 15 years is coming deep into uh, my intuition, into into trusting my feelings, trusting my heart, following. And what ha- what I've noticed happens is that whenever I do that, whenever I, you know, I abandoned rational thought a long time ago because it, it's like uh, we come up with a plan. It's good to have structure and boundaries. I, I want to mm-hmm. have all that, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's it, I just have to kind of flow and follow and trust. And I just notice whenever I do that, signs appear or little miracles happen. You know, things seem to conspire to work out in miraculous ways. And it's like, okay, there is something going on here. If I just give over, it's like and we're waking I think more up. More and more people, yeah. That's well. That's what the waking up feels like. But that requires you let go of control, mm-hmm. and you let go of this knowing. Like I know and understand the world. Like we have to let go of that. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of Sam Harris, you know, his podcast is amazing. And he's one of the smartest, most articulate <laughs> people that I've ever heard. And he's completely, uh, in the grips of Trump derangement syndrome. And I think the problem is he's got this very rational, logical view of the world. And Trump in some way has upset that because Trump is, he's all instinct. He is. Yeah, he's that's true. pure instinct. And um, I think there's, I think a lot of people who are slaves to their rational mind, who, who really believe rationality is, is the way to get the truth. And, and that's the way for us to be free. I think, I think their conception of reality is really being challenged right now. And I think that's, that's a good thing. And uh, so, yeah, that's where I see this whole thing headed. And obviously there's some, you know, there's some, I mean, look, there's people who are going to listen to this think we're really far out. Um, and there are, and there are some really far out people, but what I would say to them is you got to go far out to see what's over there. You know, what, what, what's in there. And I, I'm going to, I'm open to all of it. Astrology. You know, if you have your crystals, every single thing that there is, it's like, I don't know. I'm open to all of it. I mean, I know what's going on with the, uh, you know what happens to me when I go into sweat lodge and sing Lakota songs with that drum mm-hmm. going? I mean, it takes you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that's real. I don't know what it is, totally but real. I know that it's real. So, and there's information in there. There's there's knowledge and it changes how I see myself in the world for the better. So that's, you know, can you measure that? I don't think so, but I it's real. Yeah. We need that marriage of the shadow work and the spirit, right? Um, Well, then that's the other piece. Yeah. It's the shadow work. And that's the scary part for people is to really acknowledge the, how dark the world is. I mean, that's, you know, you were saying that you think there's going to be a lot of darkness that's going to be revealed. And I think that's going to be shocking for a lot of people um, because it's, I think it's really hard to face the darkness that's inside us, even though Hitler was, what is he 70 years ago and slavery was 150 years ago. I mean, it's, it's in our recent history, but we forget, I think it's hard 
I think it's really hard to come face to face with how dark humans be, beings can be. And that, that darkness lives in all of us, like how dark we can be mm-hmm. and the impulses mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. and facing our own cruelty, our own disowned rage. And uh, I mean, I see a lot of that. And I think that's part of the chaos. I mean, that's why you're seeing, you know, all this destruction. It's like, that's the lower self, the shadow coming out that wants to destroy so it's, uh, I think it's, yeah, I hope, I hope more and more people do shadow work because that's the, uh, that, that's the path into it's, the darkness is how you find the light. I know that's a cliche, but it's true. It's so fucking true. We need it, you know, and this is, it's, we need individuals to have, have a healthy society. We need, mm-hmm. we need people who know who they are and you can't really know who you are unless you journey into hell a little bit. So well, I hope this conversation has been uh, helpful for <laughs> anybody who's been listening, or at least, at the very least, interesting. Uh, it's certainly, it's always enlightening to talk to you, David. So uh, thank you, man. Thank you, David. I love you, man. Love you, too. All right. Bye-bye.